check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Welcome to Red Storm Chasers. I'm Vincent, here with Tim and Nick. On this episode, we'll look back at the Merrimack and Lafayette wins, and we'll look ahead to the Central Connecticut and Nebraska games this week. Guys, how are your weeks? I've had two weddings and two weekends. I unfortunately missed the Lafayette game, but I was oh. yeah. Well, I was in Stroudsburg for a wedding. Uh, my wife's. Uh, You're closer to Lafayette than uh, than Lafayette was. I, I passed East and I saw a sign for it. As I had looked as I was driving home on Sunday, I looked and went, "You lost!" and drove past <laughs> them. <laughs> Give them nice. the wave a wave a big L flag as you drive past. Ah, they're in Easton. That's a big L right there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still, I'm still ripping Easton. Two weddings in two weeks. That's good, though. That's fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so we had uh, the previous weekend, we had uh, my wife's, one of my wife's best friend's sister's weddings. That's cool. And then this one in Stroudsburg I was just in was one of my wife's best friends growing up, uh, fun, Lauren, fun, fun. who we call I call her Top Hat because she stole a Top Hat from the bartender the first time I met her. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Good, so, good nugget. Forever top hat now. All righty. Fair enough. Nick, how was your week? Uh, it was good. I really, I honestly didn't do much. I went to both games and I watched football yesterday. Not very eventful week, but it was a fun week. I got to watch a lot of sports. That's always good. Started college basketball. Nothing like it. Always good. I mean, it, we had the uh, the sports apocalypse pretty recently where we had the NBA, the NHL, uh, Major League Baseball, and uh, the NFL all in the same day. It was, what, about a month ago or so? Pretty cool. Always cool when yeah. that, that falls together and comes apart. Anyway. What did you do this week? This uh, just a days. normal week. Uh, you know, this past weekend, what did I do? Um, uh, I worked. I worked uh, Saturday, and I worked uh, Sunday. Very exciting. Very well, exciting. That time of the year, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it happens. Uh, anyway, all right, we'll start the show like we do every time. I know our, our airplane talk got a bit of play. Everyone really enjoyed how long we talked about airplanes, so... We'll try to uh, you know keep going as long uh, with this conversation, but anyway. This week we're doing trains. <laughs> That's it. Uh, what is your favorite uh, seat? No, I'm just kidding. Um, this time we'll do. Uh, if you could have dinner with one person in the world, in, in the sports world, I say, in, in the sports world. Sorry, who would it be and why? Alive. Yes, sorry. Currently, currently, okay. uh, someone in the sports world alive today, uh, who you could have dinner with, and and why would it be them? Well, that's a really good question. Take your time. You know, you know, give me a little I, thought process. I was kind of hoping you were going to go dead or alive because it could be a little easier. But no, no, I, I would definitely, I would definitely want to have dinner with somebody I, who's alive. I mean, rather if, than dead. <laughs> I mean, it'd, it'd be dead, a pretty quiet. The dinner. dead dinner would certainly be interesting. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know. The conversation would be very lively, but uh, <laughs> but unch. Yeah, yes, a nice, <laughs> a nice solid flat joke there. Um, <laughs> I was listen, actually, you, if you want to give me a dead one too, that's fine. No, uh, I'll actually go with Dick Vitale. Dick Vitale, interesting. Why? Yeah. I feel like honestly, he'll have so much to talk about, and he will not stop talking. He got his voice certainly back, won't stop and talking. He will definitely, I could have five courses, no problem. And he used to be talking. So interesting. I would never have dinner with Dick Vitale. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Tim. He's the Seton Hall grad who gives <laughs> gives nothing back. So uh, not a, not a not a big Dick Vitale fan. Uh, but not because of the Seton Hall thing. Just just completely unrelated to that. He loves Duke. I hate Duke. Uh, and to tell you the truth, his his shtick has kind of gotten a little tiresome. 
Uh, but don't don't kill me for that. Uh, anyway, Nick, what do you got? All right. <clears throat> so uh, I think the person I would have dinner with would probably be. It's a toughie. It is a toughie. Vita, do you know who you would want to eat with? Yeah, sure, but you're up. I know. <laughs> it's, it's your time. We don't have Craig time. here to break the rules, uh, so there was like three guys that he wanted to have dinner with. He would list. He would list two dead guys and a live guy and some kid in the future that he wants. To have <laughs> and the chef with. he wants. Yeah, and then where he would like to have dinner just for fun. The person I would eat dinner. I think I would eat dinner with would probably be Sammy Sosa, because when I was growing up, as a I was a Cubs fan growing up, I'm still I'm a Cubs fan now. Uh, you know, he was very pivotal in me becoming a Cubs fan. So uh, I think it'd be super interesting. I mean, his Beanie Baby was actually specifically why he became a Cubs fan. Specifically, I, I got it at Fenway Park in, which in is which Boston. is just funny when you think about it. Hmm. Very guy bought a Cubs Sammy Sosa Beanie Baby. First of all, shout out to Beanie Babies. Uh, they definitely don't. <laughs> they, they don't. If they make, do they still make them? Yeah, I think they probably do. I yeah. don't know. I do remember like the people thought Beanie Babies were going to be like the thing, and they have literally like pictures of divorced couples dividing up their Beanie Babies because <laughs> they wanted you know save which ones get the most money, and now they're worth like a whopping three dollars on eBay. But like that Princess Diane one. Uh, that's like the only one that's worth money. No, it's worth nothing. It's no, it's, it's it is. It's it, that one's worth like a that one's worth like a thousand dollars, but all the rest of them are worth like six bucks. I thought it was worth like a hundred now. Nah, well maybe maybe it dropped now, but like fairly recently that that one was actually worth money because they only made a limited number of those. But all the other Beanie Babies were just like okay. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't sell my Beanie Baby for the world. All right, well, that's because <laughs> that's what created your Cub yeah. fandom. Well, the nice thing about having Sammy Sosa there, he doesn't need to have his own cup. He just takes his broken cork bat and drinks out. Of oh it. wow. <laughs> Hey, I'm fine with it. Taking shots. Hey, Saves baseball. Ball went further. Yeah, Sammy Sosa took <laughs> shots too. Um, yes, he did. <laughs> no, well, it was that error, baby. Saved baseball. <laughs> yep. He certainly helped save baseball. We can we can all agree on that at least. He hits dingers. Yeah. He hits, yeah. absolutely hits dingers. That, Vincent, who that would world, you? That, I mean, that World Series, that home run race really did uh, really did help. He, save. He's cool. the he's the only player to have three home years, three seasons with over sixty home runs. Yeah. I mean that. No, home, that's a good nugget. Yeah, I only know that because it's a good uh, trip because Darren Judge. Darren Judge was doing on, it this on year. the hunt this year. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, that's a, that's, a, that's that's surprising that he's yeah. the only one. Maguire did it twice, I think. Oh, yeah. uh, I knew Maguire did it twice. Bonds oh. did it twice. Oh. Yeah, because Bonds had, uh, he had only a, twice. He, yeah, he wow. did. He had a year, seventy-two, year and then he had the year 60, he broke it. I think it was five, something, something like that. that. Yeah. Well, it's funny because Judge has the AL record at sixty-two, and there's like four or five guys who have it above him in the NL. Yeah, I think he's fifth all time. That like this yeah, year, yeah, yeah. judges' numbers were and it finished him fifth all time. All right, so the person I would have dinner with, uh, and uh, so I'm gonna but since Craig's not here, I have to, someone has to stand in and break <laughs> the rules. Okay, so I'm gonna give two guys. I'm gonna give a current guy just because of excitement, and then That's I'm gonna give like a longer term guy uh, because like what? he's he's a more you know a more historical figure. I would love to have dinner with Sauce Gardner because good God, he's brought my <laughs> Jets back into relevance, and that man is just an absolute monster on the field. And he has sauce in his chain. So I mean, listen, he's a, he sauce. It certainly would be a delicious dinner. I mean, I'm sure he's got some good sauces he can make up. Um, <laughs> but he's he's a stud, and uh, I think it would be cool to meet him. I think he's probably a fascinating guy. Uh, certainly seems like it, and he's just a monster on the defense. Guy's going to win Rookie of the Year, I hope. Definitely going to win Rookie Defensive should. Player yeah, of the Year. Yeah, he definitely should. He's he could win Defensive Player of the Year and Rookie of the Year. Wouldn't that be something? That would be something. That would certainly be something for the Jets, who have, you know, who'd have thought we'd be here, huh? Listen, the Chargers, your Chargers win next week, Nick, and the Jets win. The Jets are the number one seed in the AFC. Really? Think about that. Really? Think about how crazy that is. 
because they're because they're tiebreakers with yeah the Chargers play the Chiefs, the Jets hold the tiebreaker over the Bills and the Dolphins. Who the Bills, uh, um, the Dolphins are on bye, so they can't. They're they're gonna have, they're gonna right now they have seven wins. They would still be at seven wins. The Bills, uh, obviously because they lost, can only get to seven wins. So theoretically, because of a tiebreaker, hmm. the Jets would be the number one team in the AFC. Yeah. Hey, if the Chargers were to, uh, well, I mean the Chargers have been have been playing bad, so we're very injured too. So I don't know if we're gonna beat the Chiefs. That's a very tall task. I'm hopeful. Um, but we're home, so that's good at least. We like to see we that. Got a better chance. Hey, and we actually play the Dolphins in December. And I'll be at that game. So there you you're going to be rooting for the Chargers alone this year. I, I, I usually do. Uh, so Appreciate it, that, man. Uh, you know, I try. I tr- even even, even though worry. you wore the Dolphins jersey at the Jets game this year, <laughs> which I don't, didn't Peer forget, pressure. Which I certainly didn't forget. I took it off. Well, that's okay. You still wore it at some point. I anyway. felt dirty doing it. Well, Wait, are you lining too us up to now. do a, a Sauce and Revis dinner? Come on, uh, no, but that would be a spectacular dinner. Oh, okay. That Jarrell Revis, uh, uh, Sauce Gardner dinner. generational. That would be just for the, the, the cornerback conversation. I mean, it also sucked because you would get no food to come in because they just keep I swatting mean, they would, it yeah, away. <laughs> the waiters would have no shot at getting the... Getting Imagine the it was Rodizio. They just keep stealing your food each time. <laughs> uh, no, the guy that I would um, long-term like, like to have dinner with uh, would be Joe Torre. I just think... I love mm. baseball. Uh, yeah. Obviously, he was the manager of the Yankees when I was growing up and won all the World Series. I think, uh, you know, just talking to him about baseball and talking to him about, you know, what it was like being in those those great teams or with those great teams, uh, I think would just be absolutely mm. fascinating to get his point of view. Nick, I'm a little surprised by your decision. Sammy Sosa's a good pick, uh, but you're, you know, you got you got your 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 big Bill Walton guy. <laughs> and and you know I I as much as I I don't in, I don't enjoy that would be an amazing I don't enjoy Actually, uh, that's a the way he broadcasts point. I think I, he, that would be a fascinating dinner for sure that would absolutely be the most amazing dinner in my life actually I wish actually I could, if I could change my answer I think I would change it you're to not Bill allowed Walton. to you've already that's fine that's fine but as an honorable mention we'll put Bill Walton because I love watching the Pac-12 games because Bill Walton is usually the commentator. And when you when you when we're talking about color commentators, oh, he's he's the most colorful commentator in the country. Half the time he doesn't even talk about the game. It's fantastic. Yeah, his color is green. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's amazing. If you if you, if you get a chance, to watch it son, or or don't watch it like I don't. Anyway, all right, let's get to St. John's basketball. Big week, opening week. I mean, I guess not big, but opening week, successful week. Two wins. First game a wins a wins a win a wins a wins a win for sure, and on our way to an undefeated non-conference basketball schedule. All right, Merrimack ninety-seven to seventy-two started off with a bang, covered the spread minus twenty and a half. Here we go. Hit the over with seven minutes to go. Love to see. I was it. one of the few people that shouted about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know <laughs> you know the degenerates are there when it's in, when it's ninety seven to seventy two at the end and there's, there's still people cheering. Those people are not they're not there just to cheer. They're there yeah. because they bet on the game. It's fifty six percent from the field, thirty eight percent from three, eighty six percent from the line. They won the rebound battle forty seven twenty six, which is hopefully something we'll be saying a lot this year with this team. Fourteen steals for both teams. Uh, you know, a little bit, a little bit, a lot of turnovers there against Mary Mack. We don't like to see that as much. Twenty nine turnovers for St. John's is a very high number, uh, yeah. and we only turned them over twenty one times. So losing a turnover barrier to Mary Mack, not good. But I, I think that may be partly just a little bit first game sloppiness. Guys who remember, we got a lot of guys who haven't really played together, and and yes, they had the exhibition and they had the trip to the Dominican Republic, but. 
you know, this is the first real action. I think my hope, anyway, is that that's where that came from, and it's not a, not going to be a problem going forward. Yeah, a lot of a lot of unforced errors. I mean, you could see like fourteen steals, twenty nine turnovers. That means there's fifteen unforced errors. You know what I mean? Uh, growing pains. First game of the season. I mean, we still won handedly, which is obviously great. We, you know, we did what we had to do. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, mean, listen, all starters with 12 or more points, you can't really be upset about that. Yeah, two guys getting in double-doubles, it's not bad at all. It's certainly not. David Jones led the way, 21 points, 10 rebounds, one of those double-doubles you talked about there, Nick. Posh Alexander, 14 points, 5 assists, and 6 steals. Good night for him. Uh, Andre Curbelo, 13 points in his St. John's debut. 7 assists as well, good numbers there. Uh, besides that, the other starters, Mathis and Soriano. Mathis had 16. Soriano had 12 points and 11 rebounds. Soriano looking like that, you know, that center that we've been looking for. Uh, and David Jones looking like the other big man <laughs> we've been <laughs> looking for. Uh, so I, I, you can't be upset with how many points we scored. Uh, but, you know, the turnover thing is, thing is certainly something we have to work on. Yeah, I mean, 17 just from Jones, Soriano, Posh, and Andre Cabrello. It Definitely hurts, but you could see the guys were kind of acting like we we got this in hand. There's no worries. Let's kind of make some plays and make make it look nice. The game was never in doubt, so you know, yeah. The, the I think Nick, you're kind of right. The you know it's a little sloppy. But it's, yeah, it's sloppy, but it's opening it's okay. day jitters. Now we've 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 gotten past that, and we moved on. Jordan Miner, by the way, led the way for Merrimack. 19 points for him, seven rebounds. Pretty good night. Uh, you know, he's kind of there's always one guy who lights us up. And he seemingly was that guy. Although, actually, that guy was not him. Sorry. I forgot about Jordan Durkic. Uh, 15 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists off the bench. Just, I mean, you know, there, there's, there was always that one guy who comes out of nowhere for these small teams against us. And, and he was certainly that guy. Yeah, so not only did he uh, come off the bench, he also got into it a little bit with Posh at the one point where he tried to go through the – he tried to go in the lane and then the, a foul was called and then it was the, you know, under 12 timeout or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And then he was waiting, like, near where uh, St. John's was, like, you know, huddling Huddle up. up. yeah. And it was kind of like – like even we, we, I was in the stands. We were like, what is, what is this guy doing? Yeah. And then it prompted a booze from the, the student section on the crowd, yeah, which I mean, was really good. Get moving. Get back to your seat, yeah. kid. And at, at the refs during that game, just uh, the one old guy was just very, very whistle happy. Oh, the one old guy. Uh, he, oh, yeah, yeah. He, really. he was an old. The, you should. His hair was so white it was unrealistic. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not pick on the referees. We got. We're probably gonna see him eighteen more times. Well, it's oh. not like, if they don't listen to the podcast, it's fine. You never yeah. know. Any, they, anyone can listen. I, I'm, anybody James can breathe out. They do. How about James breathing? Let's talk about him now. No, we can talk about James <laughs> breeding all we want because that guy is the worst official in the NCAA. So, but but the guy gave uh, a tech to Curbelo right at the beginning. Yeah, he, he gave like the little arm flex. Gave the guy a little look that gave him the cheap end one. Yeah, yeah. It, then, it didn't warrant. I, I didn't feel that it, it was a bit much. Tech. It was bit like much. Uh, it was like bit last much, year when really. uh, I think who was it? Math has got the tech for uh, uh, against Indiana. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's like one of those where you, you look at the ref and go. That's why we lost that game, by the way. Anyway, 100. We digress. I do want to say one thing. I do want. Apparently, Jordan. Not apparently. Absolutely, Jordan Durkic, the the kid who went off, mm-hmm. on my way to the game, my cousin, our cousin Vincent TJ, texted me telling us that his cousin is dating Jordan Kirkick. Interesting. So, a little weird connection we got going on That's there. Fair. Well, he had a good game. Still glad he lost. Me too. Uh, I don't know him. I don't know him at all. <laughs> Never met the guy. He tried to walk up slow against Posh, and Posh just took it and scored immediately. Yeah, that was nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, welcome to the NCAA. <laughs> That's it. No, welcome to Big East basketball. 
Enjoy your ride back to wherever Mary Mac so is. So where is he transferring? <laughs> well, one, could, one, could good, game, one good game at St. John's doesn't do that for you because we've had guys who never never surfaced again for college basketball games light us up from, from everywhere on the court. Very true. <laughs> the only other game last week was the Lafayette game, another 83-68 to 68 victory. Unfortunately, it was our first non-cover of the year. Minus 23 and a half in that game. Bigger spread than against Merrimack, which is a little weird, but we didn't cover. So yeah. keeping record, one and one so far. It was a little worrisome. I mean, we went into half only up two, I mean, and we scored right at the end there. To, we were down with, like, at the end of four, I think we were down maybe two. Um, and it was, I mean, they were hitting their threes a lot. They were taking a ton of threes, and they were hitting a lot of their they threes. Were. They shot the most threes in the uh, Patriot League last year. Yeah, yeah. So. yeah. And so. it certainly looked like that from they, this they, they had they no looked, interest in going down low. Not even, and they were just, and we were, you know, we leave them open a, a fair amount on the three, and they were just hitting them. To be fair, beginning. for teams like this, that's not a bad strategy, right? I mean, with, with all due respect, they can't match our size down low with guys like Jones and Soriano and well, Moore Stanley. We off steam try in the first half with that. Well, so. I mean, that's fair, but my, my no, my more point is more about them from their standpoint they can't go down low against us so their only opportunity is to just chuck up threes as much as possible and try to shoot over and, and it, it worked for a part of the yeah. game i mean clearly it did it kept them in the game and now st john's were able to pull away at the end but uh interesting strategy you do see it sometimes give you some numbers for st john's 52 percent from the field 50 percent from three not a bad shooting day from the three-point line for us uh, 85% from the free throw line. Again, we won the rebound battle. This one a little close, though, 34-31. Uh, not exactly our most dominant performance. Uh, five steals for both teams, so a little low in that steal count for us. Uh, but we did clean up the turnovers. Ten turnovers only uh, to Lafayette's 12. That ten turnover number is a lot better for us. Uh, so I think that first game may just be an anomaly. Obviously, we'll see as the season goes on. David Jones, though. Coming up again, big, 20 points, five rebounds. He's, so far, fit the billing uh, as to what he was supposed to be. Posh actually had a rough game, six points, five rebounds, and six assists. I shouldn't say he had a bad, uh, had a rough game, but, uh, you know, six points for Posh is pretty low. And, you know, to get only points at the free throw line, which is where he got all six points, uh, that's that's a... That may be a little worrisome for us. I, I, I didn't like seeing that because, like I said, I think Posh is is our guy. He's our star. And, and to see that happen to him was, was concerning. Yeah. I mean, it, you look at, it, he was over three from the field. He knew he didn't have the shooting hand. And once we adjusted in the second half, started dumping in Soriano, all of a sudden the guys, uh, Wusu, Store, Pinzone, Jones, they all got more open threes. We started to break away pretty quick. Yeah, and I do like that we picked, you know, the other guys in the team picked us up, right? Posh wasn't doing so well. Wusu coming off the bench, 14 points. That, you know, eight really good. A.J. Store had his first real appearance, eight points for him. That's, that's you know, that was a good night. I think that's going to be the key difference this year from last year in particular, that, like, we're not going to have to get all of our scoring from one guy. If, like, last year we were yeah. beholden on if Julian didn't get yeah, we 20 need, points. We needed Julian to get we, 20. We weren't going to win. This year, I mean, in, in the first game, all of our starters got over right. 12 points. Uh, and the second game, we had how many guys in, in double digits? One, two, three, four guys in double digits. So, like, that's a lot. It's a lot more. It's a lot better. It's a, a lot much, more much evenly more scoring. Yeah, yeah. yeah 100%. And, and, you know, a lot of guys involved in the offense. We, we talked about, you know, in, in the first game, there was obviously all the starters getting in double digits. That's five guys. But there was, you know, you had in against Merrimack, you had Pinzone, 
and you also had Wusu, who, who you know, got on the court, made some plays. In this, similar, you had Wusu and A.J. Storr. So it talks to that depth on the team that, that Coach Anderson spoke about. Uh, I really think you're right, Nick, that this team is going to be a team that we can score from everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. I do want to say that in the second game, even though they were they were hitting all our threes and it was, I mean, they were, you know, we were up by two at half and did, and it was a very close game, seemingly very close game. Once it got to be like the under, like under 10 minutes, we really pulled away very quickly. Yeah. Like it was looking and it was like, you were up six, they were hanging in there. And then all of a sudden we were up like 15 and I was like, all right, we handled this in the bag. And it was very, very comforting. I felt, <laughs> which was very nice feeling as a St. John's game, which I haven't felt in a long time. Um, one thing I did want to say though, I didn't like pin zones body language that much this game. I saw there was on two up two early times in in the game, two times earlier in the game that he uh, like the one time Posh passed it to him, and then like it was a little like you know Posh threw it a little bit behind him on a bounce pass, and then he could have reached back and got it, but he didn't. And then he kind of looked at uh, Posh a little like kind of like what the hell are you doing? What the heck are you doing? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, when I didn't like his body language, and the other time he, uh, he, he had a, a, just a turnover. He just threw it right to the other team and then he walked back on defense and they, you know, they were on the, on the transition and he was just walking on the other right. side. I really didn't like that. Yeah. That, that's a little concerning, particularly because he's a guy who, you know, obviously as someone we want to be a part of the team. Yeah. Uh, but he certainly has seen himself shift down the death chart a bit with the addition of Andre Carbello, right? So, yeah, he's good. I mean, he's, the thing is, he's electric. I'm not taking like, away from Pinzone, yeah. but what I'm saying is he he's a guy who, at least mentally, I could see him being like, well, they brought in Curbelo because they didn't think I was enough. You know, the, all of a sudden now I'm the third guy instead of being the second guy or being potentially the point guard to Posh being the, you know, whatever, shooting guard theoretically, you know, if that was a, a combination we were looking at. I, I think so, Seeing, hearing that or hearing that his body language is not good, I think that's... That's a concern to keep an eye on, for sure. That is, absolutely. And, hey, if he wants to, I mean, in my opinion, if he wants to get, you know, more playing time and all that, I mean, to be fair, he did get 14 minutes, and he was he was good off the bench. He got, you know, four rebounds. So, I mean, he, he did, and he was very, he was involved a lot, and he was running around a lot, mm-hmm. which I do like. I like his game, but it just, I wish he had a better, if you have a better body language, that gives you more minutes, right? You're more of a team player, all that fun stuff. Uh I, I just, it, it, I, I want him to yeah, be better. Yeah, no, he for is sure. A good, he's a good player. You, you do want, want him, you don't to want be him to have that attitude. So we'll have to keep an eye on that and see, see how it works. Someone with a great attitude, uh, at least we believe so. Uh, Joel Soriano, thirteen points, ten rebounds, second double double of the season in the second game. Gotta love it. Can't ask for much more, honestly. Dominant second half. Absolutely. We jumped into the second half of the game. Sorry, feeding Soriano. Soriano started gaining that confidence, putting that hand up, getting that ball taking stuff and just kicking it out, putting it up, hook shots, easy jumpers. Once he got that confidence going and demanded the offense come to him mm-hmm. because he was oversizing everyone. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. The yeah. team played different. Yeah, and, and, you know, I really think he is in a great spot to be able to do that all season long, right? He's yeah. going to be the true center. He doesn't have to worry about trying to do other stuff. He can really play the role that he's fit for. Yeah. Um, and, Absolutely. And I think that's going to take us and, to the next level. And based off of how this offense is looking now, Jones is going to be one of our guys that he's going to be our certainly our best scorer. Certainly each week. seems so. Hey, yeah. Twenty points. Yeah, yeah. leading scorer. Right? Forty-one so, points I mean, in he, first two he games. He scores with ease. The guy's just amazing around the rim. Uh, his body control. It's, yeah. 
not even just like jumping and body control. It's like his Euro steps are amazing. Yeah, uh, look, just okay. you know, give you give you the two guys in Lafayette who who helped them keep up was uh, T.J. Berger at 17 points for them and Josh Rivera also had 17 points. So they did they, they were the guys that were you know giving shooting the threes, hitting the threes, and keeping them in the game. Yeah, yeah, Berger, yeah like Kim Berger got real hot. Yeah, but yeah, he has a nice stroke. Good enough to just lose to the St. John's Red Storm. So uh, <laughs> we'll take it two and zero to start the season. Exactly where you want to be at the end of week one. Can't start any better. I mean, the only way to be start better would be to play more games, but that's about it. So we're happy with the week one. I think overall, good performance. We cleaned up the sloppiness in game two that we had in game one, and hopefully it's uh, not something that's going to come back. Here's a little interesting fact. Both games, we got beat up by a kid that was a freshman from New Jersey, Middlesex County, New Jersey. Wow. Where's the uh, Where's the kid from Lafayette from? Rivera's from Brunswick, New Brunswick. New oh, Brunswick. Really? Wow, yeah. wow. As Middlesex County residents, we're all proud. Yep. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, you know, I was I was gonna you know, talk about how you know St. John's two wins helped the Big East. Big East was undefeated uh, in in the season so far, coming yeah, into fri- at the end of Friday. And then comes Villanova. Uh, it was unfortunate. Villanova uh, threw up a dud. I bet on them. That's why. Yeah. Well, um, the kiss of death. That, so, you know, so you ruined it, Tim. So you're the one to blame eh, for that loss to Temple. Yeah. I mean, it helps Temple. Helps um, us. Yeah. Villanova can take a loss. I guess so. Well, Butler also has now lost to uh, Penn State. So they're not the only ones with a loss. Two teams in the Big East with a loss. Pretty good though. We were, we were actually the longest team to go uh, without a loss. The longest league. I'm sorry. Yes. Thank you. Sorry. The longest league to go without a loss because the Big Ten had Michigan State. Lose to Gonzaga in the last seconds. Great game on Friday. Yeah, uh, but yeah, with that loss, that was the Big Ten's first loss. And yep. the Big East finished Friday undefeated. Uh, couldn't hold on be longer in the weekend. Anyway, so we talked about last week. We started a new segment, Spotlight Player of the Week. Last week, we all picked an individual one for the season. This week, we've come together collectively, pooled our minds, and have decided uh, this week's Spotlight Player of the Week here on the Red Storm Chaser podcast is David Jones. I mean, it's a layup. You can't really have any better choice. 41 points in two games is, you know, just a hell of a start to St. John's career. 15 rebounds. This is total for the week. Uh, Six assists. Uh, You know, he's... Shooting 50% from the field. Absolutely. 43.8 from the three-pointer. I mean, he has fit the billing so far. And I know it's two games, so we'll, we'll see how it plays out. But yeah. for a spotlight player talk, uh, it certainly fits the bill. Hey. And we got to give it give it to him. Hang it up. Hang up the hang up the spotlight award for he, him. He's our first spotlight player he, on the Red Storm Chasers podcast. He is the first individual Congratulations. one. Congratulations. He also yeah. big, made the Big East honor roll. Uh, he did. I mean, rightfully so. Uh, so, you know, shout out to him for that accolade and, uh, and for being our spotlight player of the week. Yeah. I mean, they gave it to, uh, they gave, Biggest player of the week to Sonogo, but he's a Husky, so I think that's wrong, and it should be Jones. That's right. Never should be a UConn Husky player, ever. ever. You know why? Because they shouldn't even be in the league, yep. okay? They're the the only, only person who voted correctly on that was Kevin Willard, who no longer is the Biggie's coach, yep. but they, he doesn't belong here. That's, he why just it's doesn't. Not, that's why it's not on John Fanta's suit. Uh, nor, nor should they ever be. Nope. The only if, state school. If John puts them on there, 
We'll have to have we'll, some we'll choice have to, words. We'll with, have a discussion about with John that. Santa for sure. David, All right, let's, David Jones got a double double. Tacked a double double already on the season. He did. Yep. Not as many as Joel Soriano though. Because nope. Joel Soriano has the most you could possibly have as a St. John's player right now. He's got double the amount. Two. All right, so let's look ahead to the games this week. Starting things off, it'll be a Tuesday matchup at 7 p.m. on Fox Sports 2 against the Blue Devils uh, from Central Connecticut. I know you guys are, you know, aching in your boots to get to this one. This is going to be a exciting matchup for the ages. I'm really just kidding. 0-2 on the season. <laughs> you guys really enjoying my jokes today, I can tell. 0-2 uh, to start the season, a loss at UMass, 94-67. to for the Blue Devils, and then a tight loss, seventy-two to seventy, home against Quinnipiac. Their two key players are Kellen Amos and Andre Snooty. Uh, Amos is a guard. He's so far averaging eighteen and a half points per game, so he'll certainly be their leading scorer to watch for. And Snooty, not far behind, twelve points, five and a half rebounds. So he's going to be someone down low who, who's going to be working against yeah. our guys. We're a twenty-seven and a half point favorite. Going into today, uh, I don't know the over yet, but game three, I would probably bet the over still. This be the hi- so far the highest spread uh, we have, 27 yeah. and a half. The well, previous one was Lafayette was 23. Central Connecticut yeah. on our schedule is like when Ohio State used to, used to always play uh, Youngstown State. It's basically a citadel for, uh, uh, for, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for Alabama. Pretty much. <laughs> they just, we just put them on the schedule, <laughs> come in, shake hands, get a W, and call it a day. Although, that's not true. I've seen us lose. I don't know if I've ever no, seen us lose to Central Connecticut. We've never no, lost? No, not to Central Connecticut. Uh, no, I've seen us no. lose to Incarnate yeah, Word, though. Fight, so. Oh, yeah. You can't lose to the Fighting Pepper And Delaware State. Again. No, Delaware, those games still stink. Uh, yeah. uh, anyway, they do. Uh, we, I, we appreciate Central Connecticut for always coming out. And i got to be honest, I appreciate beating a Connecticut team whenever we can just because... The state deserves it. Let's be honest. Yeah, it's the drive-through state. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. If only they could create a bridge over the top. <laughs> Said it before. I'll say it again. Hey, as long as long as in this game we don't turn the ball over as much as we did in against Lafayette, I, we're gonna be we're gonna handily again handily. So we're, we're all against gonna. Mac. No Lafayette. Nope. We turned the ball over ten times. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Hey, at the end of the day, as long as we don't turn over the ball as much as we did against Merrimack. We're gonna win handedly, so we should. I mean, just we take certainly care of should. And listen, that's what these games, these early season games, are really to get a feeler out. Uh, but we actually end of the end of the week, we we got a what what could have on paper uh, been a big matchup. <laughs> uh, it, it is uh, Thursday at six thirty on Fox Sports One, uh, part of the Big Ten Big East, you know, Gavin tip off. Uh, it's Nebraska. Now we we've played Nebraska pretty recently in this in this Gavit tip off, and uh, you know it's it's not the best matchup, but Nebraska two and zero on the season can't be too upset. Uh, they got a win against Maine seventy nine to sixty six, and then a win against Omaha seventy five to sixty one. You know I'm a little surprised they played Omaha, but I I guess you know why not when you're Nebraska? What else do you have to lose? It's not like anyone's looking forward to your basketball team. It's a close trip. It's probably a bus trip. <laughs> Save <laughs> yeah. a couple bucks. Yeah, Lincoln to Omaha, not not too far. The uh, the Cornhuskers' best player is Sam Greasel, uh, averaging 20 points a game, eight rebounds, and three assists. Uh, he had you know two uh, 22 points against Maine, 18 points against Omaha. Another guy to look out for is C.J. Wilcher, 21 points against Omaha. There's the only two players on Nebraska who scored over 20 points so far this season. You know, the, listen, it, Nebraska certainly wasn't projected to be great. Uh, and, you know, although they're 0-2, they, they obviously have wins against small teams. This is 
a game that we sh- kind of have to win because we're better than them. We're better than them. We uh, have to win. And if game. we want to be an NCAA tournament team, and if this team is as good as it is supposed to be, we should beat them. Uh, so losing this game w- would be a first real fumble of the season. If we lose this game, we're going to have to recalibrate our uh, our predictions for the season because we shouldn't be losing to Nebraska pretty well, quickly. <laughs> Well, I mean, I've seen us lose some bad games, even though we've had some good teams. They're projected to, I know, but I'm just, just, I'm I, just saying. I don't know if we need to recalibrate. I think my point is this would be our first fumble of the season. This would be the first time we've, you know, our first failure to meet expectations, which. It can't happen. Though. We certainly did last year. We failed to meet expectations. And you're right. It's not it's something that can really happen. Uh, and nor do I think it will. I think, I think we all have a, you know, listen, our, our guys offensively are, are studs, and, and we've got a lot of them, and we'll throw them at you constantly. And I think size-wise, we can beat, we can bang around with these guys very well. And I think we're going to find ourselves on the W side of this of this game. Absolutely, we're getting much. I feel like, I mean, at least watching the last two games, I feel like we're getting a lot closer to the actual forty minutes of hell that Anderson promised yeah. and promoted. You know yeah. what I mean? Like he even said it in, during the uh, in the uh, St. John's media day. That this is, he feels like this is the best team that he's had because yeah. of conditioning wise, that matters so much in his in his style. Of Absolutely, offense. and I think it's it's shown that he, these guys are well conditioned. I think we played real long games uh, in our first two matchups, and I, I think we played them well. Yeah, I mean, we really have to look at how we adjusted from the second half of the Lafayette game, how we didn't fall for slowing down the game to their pace like we did in the first half. Keep it moving, keep it going, but keep it clean. Mm-hmm. Let Curbelo, let Posh create, feed Pinzone, let Jones cut around, go crazy, and let Store, Wusu, Pinzone, all, and Mathis at the three and just let him hit. Yeah. I, ho- I hope we give a, uh, our freshmen a little more time. I know it's still early in the season. We probably won't do it against Nebraska, but I hope against Central okay, Connecticut, okay, we, we, we do give. I'd like to see a little more of Store and Keita and. Colby King. I think I think we could get them in there. Although right now, this early in the season, I would be a little weary of that. We we want to yeah, make sure our I main agree. guys mesh, and uh, although you know they have seemingly meshed pretty well, let's make sure we get those guys really connected. And, and listen, there are later fluff games that we can, you know, get AJ stores into the game and get you know the freshmen into the game. Uh, so let, let's I think for right now, let's make sure we get our guys meshed and well ready to go because next week we, we actually have some real games. We got Temple who did beat Villanova. Yep. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously we'll either have Richmond or Syracuse, but we'll talk about that next time. Hey, I just got to say, I really want to see 7-1 Keita on the, on the court. You know, I love my bigs. I know, I know. And he'll get well, there. He'll get well, there. Well, we do have uh, in between Nebraska and Central Connecticut, we do have a uh, more interesting thing than Central Connecticut game, and that's the announcement on Wednesday of Madison Square Gardener. <laughs> let's hope he let's hope yeah, he remains. He, he, better be, he should be signed. He should be signing his letter and uh, officially being prepped for next year. Yes, yes, so, yes. Very big. Uh, him and Yoxel for next year. They're huge. I mean, going to yeah. be huge. Let, let's two six nine kids. That's, can't wait for the you know so many great things we could do with Madison Square Gardener if he were to to you know sign sign and officially sure. be coming and. Let's keep him in New York, baby. That's we'll look ahead to that. Hopefully, good uh, nuggets. Also, good drop there, my uh, my prediction for Central Connecticut store breaks ten points. Wow, look at you! Wow, bold prediction. Yep, he I has, like it. He has three threes. Three threes. Not only 
That's only nine points. Yeah, how you getting the, how you getting the <laughs> eleven? The eleven or is he getting free? He throw? can make dunks and layups too, guys. He, he oh, you're saying breaking? I'm sorry, I thought you were saying ten. He you're breaks, saying break ten. I got you. He my breaks bad. ten That's points, my but he that makes my three. Threes. I was gonna say with three threes, he would probably break ten if he got a two. Right? No, but he was saying break. I originally had, I've, I yeah, thought yeah, he was absolutely. talking about scoring ten, not breaking ten. Breaking ten. I, all right, I like it. Yep. Put it in. Oh, bring bringing back some conversations from the last podcast. I believe uh, you two sweet gentlemen over there owe uh, me and Craig a nice, crisp George Washington for Andre Carbello being in the starting lineup, uh, as me and Craig very correctly predicted, and you two very incorrectly did not predict. So we'll we'll you, take we'll take your payment it. in straight cash. No other way to do that. There we go. I appreciate that. I don't I, you know what? I'll accept the money on half of Craig. And, you know, we'll, <laughs> maybe we'll give it to him. Maybe we won't. We'll see what happens. Yeah, he's an AC. That's All risky. Right. Give him money. That's, you know, it's, he, I'll, I'll hold it in reserve for him. This way, if he has a rough weekend, a rough weekend in Atlantic City, he, he has comes a dollar. Back, hey, so I got to say, a dollar well spent. That's it. I'm happy Carbella's starting. Well, you should have predicted he would have been in the lineup. Then. We, we got to get them to mass produce those orange sunglasses as quick as we those can. Those were great. Those yeah, were great. Yeah. Guy had the student section rocking them. Yeah. And the headbands. Yeah, that would be cool. The and upside the down, upside down, down Nike headband. headband. Need that. And, like you know, that. if we ever had our new gear that we had Corbello showing off on uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter, I would love to buy some. So, Craig, please. It, it'll please. come out. It'll come out. Got come it. on. Chris, I, give it some time. It's Christmas time. I got it. Christmas is coming. I, we getting, do need to buy some I, Christmas I'm getting a question, like, what do you want for Christmas? I'm like, I want that, I but know it's not what available I want. yet. It's just I can't get it. It's like, <laughs> it's like PS5 all over again. Oh, man. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week. For Tim and Nick, I'm Vincent. Go Johnny's. Keep chasing.